everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Game Changers, the podcast where we talk to some of your favorite personalities in sports and fantasy sports and learn about their journeys and how they got to the pinnacles of their profession. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to remind everybody that we are giving away a signed Devante Adams helmet. All you need to do to be entered into the contest is to leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to GameChangers at FantasyPros.com. I will remind you, this is our fifth episode, so there aren't that many people who have entered into the contest. You have a real chance to win a signed Devontae Adams helmet. It runs through the end of June, so again, just leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to GameChangers at FantasyPros.com. All right, so uh, today's guest I'm really excited to talk to. It is one of the most impressive names in the fantasy sports industry, and that is Sean Corner. He is the Director of Predictive Analytics for the Action Network. You can find him on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. Sean, how's it going? Hey, Dan. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm not going to, well, I am just going to tell everybody that we totally recorded the intro (laughs) of a couple of minutes and I forgot to click record button. So no big deal. I mean, don't mention that in your review if you enter the contest uh, for uh, for the helmet. But yeah, this is our second, you know, we recorded the first one of this podcast twice. So I hope that opening really nailed it. But I do want to introduce Sean to everybody in case you don't know him. If you play fantasy football, you probably do. Because Sean was the most accurate in-season fantasy football ranker on Fantasy Pros in 2015, 2016, and 2017. And to win even one season is absolutely incredible. To win three seasons in a row is on another level. And the last two years, it's not like the guy is slipping. He has finished 14th and 13th, respectively. He's also been the top five in fantasy football draft rankings in two of the last three years. And he's a four-time FSTA winner for the most accurate MLB and NFL player projections. Sean, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, get to the finish line before we lead up to it. But how in the world do you do this? It's insane to to be quite as accurate as you are. I mean, it, we could talk about it, but you know, it's the passion um, for fantasy football growing up, and just the hard work I put into it. And yeah, like you mentioned, just winning just one year is really difficult. Um, you know, I respect every single one of the experts. That's in these contests, and you know, every year there's between 120 and 150. So just winning one year was, you know, just a, a feat of a lifetime for me. And then winning three years in a row, I just can't, I still to this day can't describe how that makes me feel. And then, yeah, you know, the past couple of years, I haven't won, you know, the 13th and 14th place finishes. And, you know, I get uh, some crap about that on Twitter. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, are people getting on you for that? Are, are people getting yeah. on you and being like, Sean, what's what's going on? Why are you slipping so I, bad? I, I think I, I take it, you know, in stride. It's more of a jokey way. I joke about it too. Um, I mean, but sure. that's the ultimate goal is every year, um, you know, I'm going to try to win this thing. So I'm not going to just uh, ride the coattails of my three wins. By the way, the trophies are right above me. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. That's that's how sacred they are uh, to me. So you know, I, I I assume one at some point I was not going to win it, and you know I finished thirteen fourteenth. So this year I'm going to do everything I can to get uh, back on top. Yeah, well, honestly, your your finishes are really remarkable, and we'll get more into your process. But you mentioned how you loved fantasy football, I guess, for a long time. Is this something that started out of curiosity, just in terms of of playing it or getting into it when you were a kid were you because I actually didn't even get into fantasy sports until I was in my early 20s so I, I I sort of caught on to it late are you somebody who got into it very early absolutely at a very young age so my dad actually started uh fantasy football league in 1985 
Um, and that year I was one years old. Um, <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I was born into <laughs> a fantasy football family, essentially. So he would, I mean, he would bring me the drafts for, you know, ever since I was born, essentially. And then um, uh, eventually around like five or six years old, you know, I knew what fantasy football was. Um, he would uh, tell me who was on his team. So I root for those players. So I was um, aware of it at a very young age. It wasn't until, you know, I was like eight or nine but before I became interested enough to where I would beg him, like, can I pick a team this year? Uh, and then it wasn't until, you know, I was probably 11 or 12. He actually let me take a team. And uh, by that did you time, have your own? Did you have your own team or did he let yeah, you pick like yeah. his team? So the first draft I ever had, my first pick overall was Cordell Stewart. Um, who was an absolute bust that year. Uh, he was terrible. <laughs> and um, my last pick of that draft was Randy Moss as a rookie. That was a great pick. Um, so just the thrill of, um, you know, drafting a player like Randy Moss so late in the draft. And um, I eventually picked up Randall Cunningham, who was throwing him those touchdowns. And yeah. I had Chris Carter. It was just so much fun to um, see the hard work of, you know, preparing for the draft payoff. And so I was, you know, 11 years old or so. At the time. So I was addicted ever since then. But the other thing is, um, you know, a lot of these drafts, my dad would hold them in Las Vegas. So he would take me to Las Vegas, you know, when I'm at, you know, nine or 10. And I would also, you know, walk in and see the sports books as well. So I became fascinated with sports betting in general. Um, so, so, you know, from a numbers perspective, at a very young age, I became curious on you know just how to make projections for just both teams and players so it was it was a passion i developed at a very young age okay so first thing i'll say is that you've kind of ruined the entire podcast um because at the end we're going to do something called the blitz where i ask you 10 random questions about yourself one of them was who is the your first ever fantasy pick and you've oh, already no. you've already answered it it's really fine but you know what it i do i do give correct and incorrect answers and i'm i decide who's correct and who's incorrect regardless of your answer but so i know now you're you've already got one in the bag so way to go and cordell stewart is a grade a answer all right so you love sort of the statistical analytics part of it is that are you like is that are you in college sort of majoring in statistics and, and yeah. thinking that that's what you're going to do well, it's it's kind of weird. I so I majored in psychology and statistics, but I never thought in a million. Even when I was in college, I never thought in a million years I would be doing this for a living. Um, I mean, at that time, I was actually. Uh, I mean, I wasn't that serious about it, but thinking of becoming a pilot. So I was, you know, taking flying lessons, um, and I was working cool. at an airport. Um, so I, I didn't really have a plan. I was just interested in statistics and psychology and, you know, while I'm taking these classes, I'm developing sports betting models and even in class betting on sports, taking action, you know, uh, being a complete degenerate, but being really good at it, at it and winning money. So I just thought maybe I'll just make money on the side betting on sports, but there really wasn't a plan. Um, so, you know, I'm working for the airlines and I'm, I'm able to fly back and forth from Las Vegas. Um, pretty much any day I want for free. So I was in Las Vegas all the time, just, um, you know, meeting with various people at sports books and it, it kind of grew from there. Um, but there, there wasn't a plan. I wouldn't say there was a plan in college to major in fantasy football. It was just sort of an organic thing where I was kind of learning all the statistical methods I use today, you know, coupled with that passion I had ever since I was, you know, five years old for fantasy football itself. 
Well, that's pretty awesome. I'm very jealous. I'm not allowed to fly a plane because I was colorblind. At least that's what Little Miss Sunshine has taught me. So, uh, you know, kudos to you. But okay, so you go then. So you then graduate, I guess, with a degree in psychology. And are you immediately like, okay, that was great, but I've been developing my statistical models. Are you going to Vegas to go work there for a sports book or what? What's the next? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly what happened. So I was able to work for a sports book for um the it was the entire football season um where the Patriots went 16 and 0. So I want to say that's 2007 2008. Yeah, 2007, yep. Or so. So I I you know, I got to be behind the scenes there. Uh I can't get into everything, but um that's okay. You you know, it wasn't what I thought it would be. Um I I also like you know, placing bets. I don't want, I, I, I don't want to just be on one side of the action. I like being on both. And that's kind of where I am now with Action Network. I feel like I, I can provide content from both angles. Um, so that's, that's my ultimate passion is providing content um, for, you know, to benefit other people because I want other people to win with me. So, sure. Um, so yeah, that entire football season was, uh, you know, illuminating because I, I know, you know, sort of what goes into a line and, um, betting action in particular, how to spot where maybe sharp money is going. I've seen that all firsthand. I, I was able to talk directly with um, professional sports bettors, learn from them, um, learn even some more statistical methods that I use today. So that's that's really just more of a building block of where I am today and how I got here is um, just expose myself to that industry firsthand. Um, but you know, as it evolves and grows, I, I think my place where I am today is where I was meant to be. Okay, so you are now, you know, you're you're working for sports books, and you know, you're getting more inside in sort of, you know, setting lines, all that sort of stuff. Where does fantasy then eventually come into play? How does that sort of get well, into your profession? Yeah, it's sort of interesting because when I was there, I was I, I really love player props. I don't know why. I can't explain it. But no, <laughs> I was always trying to campaign for more player props, and we would, you know, we would post the first touchdown score for a Sunday night football game. And there was a couple times we had like Tom Brady passing yards, but that was it. Um, so, um, you know, where we are today um, with player props, um, I think it could get even farther. But um, that's kind of where my fantasy um, passion comes into play is, you know, I like making projections for all players so that you can apply that to player props in sports betting or fantasy. Um, so there's there's multiple facets and avenues for me to apply my expertise in. Um, so that's sort of player props are sort of where um, the sports betting passion I have meets the fantasy passion. So um, I, I just think what I do is really good in that area. And, and um, you know, the content I create sort of channels that. So I think yeah. that's that's basically what drives everything I do is sort of the player projection aspect um, really um, fuels both both avenues really well. Yeah, 100%. And if you do player projections and you do them well, then chances are you're going to be successful in prop betting because you're able to sort of, you know, model what you have projections based on what the lines are. And as they get bigger and bigger, and especially as more states legalize sports betting, it's just going to grow even more as you alluded to. Okay, so you're, you know, once you leave sort of working for the sports book, what's the next step then for you in your employment journey? So I I mean, half the battle was I, I didn't like living in Las Vegas. Um, I, I'm a Southern California boy, born and raised. So I, you know, I want to live in Los Angeles. So I moved mm-hmm. back here, um, and I joined a startup fantasy sports company called Rotohog. Um, okay. and what they did, it was, 
it was essentially very early stages of like daily fantasy. So we had we had sort of a stock exchange market based game, and then we had salary cap style games um, that were that were based on season long. But we were starting to kind of dive into daily fantasy stuff. But I essentially took just you know an entry level job there to just kind of be part of the team, and then you know just through my hard work, I, I worked up the ranks and became part of the product team. Um, and really became one of our main fantasy experts. So that's that's really how I got into the fantasy spaces. You just have to get your foot in somewhere. Um, and you might not be a fantasy expert right away, but you can work your way up to that. So that's kind of how I got there. And then, um, you know, I think it was right around that time I started doing these contests um, for the FSTA where I would put my um, fantasy football and fantasy baseball projections in the contest. Um, and I would, uh, I, there was two or three years in a row where I won the, the season long, um, projection contest. So I was starting to get uh, more well known from just winning those contests. So I think, um, you know, the, the platform that fantasy pros provides is just so valuable for the fantasy community. I mean, we're all grateful for it, but it's, it's just a way for us to kind of, cause anybody can make projections, right? So right. having a way to just evaluate which ones are more accurate is, is really good and it and it makes us all strive to be better. It 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 really does help the fantasy community as a whole. Uh, make sure that we're providing the best projections and rankings possible. So, I think you know on the same token, um, fantasy pros definitely has a, a big part in just my success in having this platform to begin with. Okay, we'll take credit for it. That's fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. totally fine with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so at this point, by the way, you I mean. I assume, I, I mean, I guess we're doing everything. You've moved now to, you know, when you're at Rotohog or whatever, you're you're doing both MLB and NFL fantasy top. Are you doing NBA? Is you're like expanding your model to be that? Or are you focusing mainly on baseball and football? Yep. No, it, I, I do everything. So, you know, we, we had baseball and football to start. Um, and then we did a deal with the NBA and Turner itself. So then we did um, NBA. Uh, and then then NASCAR, then golf, then hockey. So I'm building a player projection model for every single one of these sports. Okay. Um, so that's that's another thing is I'm not just a football expert. I'm I'm really just a numbers guy. Um, football is obviously probably my favorite sport now. Uh, baseball used to be number one, but I would say football has passed it up. But you know, um, I, I'm a numbers guy, so th- this is something I can apply to basically any sport, anything really. Yeah, well, we'll get into it in a minute because I, I saw when, you know, we basically ran out of sp- sports that you were doing legitimately Call of Duty projections in esports and everything like that, which is really something that kind of, you know, blew my mind. I just saw you. I follow you on Twitter, of course, <laughs> just to see that you were able to sort of be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is all that we have going on. So I've created a model for this, which is great. And that that's sort of a good lesson in in terms of you know, you can essentially model for anything, but let, let's get back to sort of your journey. So you're getting from this point, um, you know, you're, you're growing, you're, you're getting more notoriety, I guess, from the FSTA. And I don't know necessarily if we're at the point because it's 20, you know, whenever you start um, participating in the Fantasy Bros accuracy competitions, I don't know if we're at this point, but where do you go then next once you leave um, Rotohog or wherever you're at? Yeah, so after Rotohog, I ended up at um, Bloomberg Sports. Um and it's really interesting because when I when I joined Bloomberg Sports, it was essentially to um, be head of product for a soccer 
um, pr- predictive model. So I wasn't even the fantasy football expert when I got there. So again, I kind of had to work my way, <laughs> um, you know, by proving myself like um, I-, I should be running these things. Um, and then uh, essentially a year later, I-, I was head of all projections there as well. Um, and then and then we um, were acquired by stats. So I worked for stats um, right. for, I, I believe, a couple of years, um, again, running all of our um, predictive modeling. Um, and then um, just recently, uh, two years ago, um, I joined the Action Network um, where I currently am. And again, I, I run our predictive models, um, not just on Action Network, but also um, for Fantasy Labs, the daily fantasy projections you mentioned for Call of Duty. Um, are powered by me and um, you can find them on the fancy up models and um, yeah so really just any sport that uh, I have time to build a model for um, you, you know I I sort of set the foundation for it and um, I, I can also you know train others to um, also handle it on a day-to-day basis because a lot of these models that I do create require some um, you know daily maintenance from an expert so um, just, you know, creating the foundation for these models really is, um, you know, my passion and what I what I do really well. How much do your models change out of curiosity from year to year? Do they undergo major revisions or are you basically working with the same framework that you're just tweaking to make better as best you can? I, I think it depends um, on the sport and where, you know, how long I've had the model for. So the Call of Duty model, just this example, is changing <laughs> right. a lot from event to event because I'm in the middle of, you know, improving it. Um, but you know, something like the NFL model that I've had almost a decade now, um, I'm, I'm still trying to improve it every single day. Um, but there's just going to be less, um, improvements needed to be made because I think that, you know, it's, um, 98% of the way there, but I'm still fighting for that extra 2%, if that makes sense. So it's, no, absolutely. yeah, it might not be a drastic change. Like, you know, after finishing 14th in fantasy pros, I'm not like throwing out the model completely. <laughs> That's just a case of. You know, the, co- the competition itself, everybody's improving. Um, so it, it's just more of an even playing field. Um, and I have to find ways um, to, to improve even more. So it's, um, it's just a testament to, you know, every expert is trying their hardest, doing ways, you know, finding ways to improve. Um, so you, you can never get complacent. You can't just assume that you have all the right answers. Um, you always have to be improving, even if it's by a small amount. Or if it, if, even if it takes a lot of work to improve just a little bit, I'm willing to, you know, put in that time and that energy. Out of curiosity, if you had a year where let's say you finished 90th or something like towards the bottom, <laughs> would you then be like, oh man, my model needs drastic revision? Or would you kind of write it off to me like, man, that was a I, weird year? I, I don't think that's possible. But if that were to happen, <laughs> uh, there might be some reasons for it and they might be out of my hands. Got it. it. It might not be something I would I would need to overthrow the model. Something might have happened where I missed a couple weeks for <laughs> Right. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were in Hawaii uh, or something like that. But yeah, but if that. that were to happen naturally, I, I think there would definitely needs to be some um self reflection there. Not that finishing ninetieth is um a bad thing necessarily. No, Somebody no, no. has to finish ninetieth. But no. yeah, I, I think that where my model is right now, I uh you know you have to trust the process, right? So um, if that were to happen, I wouldn't necessarily be finding excuses, but I would just be trying to improve um, in the areas I already know I might need improvement to begin with. So I, I wouldn't take the result um, of finishing 90th in a way that I would throw everything away because I, I just know that it's an effective process and that my model is is pretty sound. All right. So you, you've had, frankly, kind of a unique journey into to 
getting where you are now compared to some of the other people we've talked to, you know, Jake Seeley, Chris Harris, Brad Evans, you, you sort of, you know, even if it wasn't fantasy right from the start, you sort of honed in on, man, I, I really, I like fantasy sports and, and I like doing projections and working on your modeling from when you're young, basically in college and everything like that, before you go to work for a sports book. So I, I'm just wondering if there's somebody out there, because a lot of the people who are listening to this are wanting to get into this business. It's obviously a little bit of a different time now than when you first got into it. But in terms of people who want to get into this business now, into the fantasy sports sort of business, what advice would you give them to do it? Would you be like, learn statistical modeling at the start? Would you just say, just start writing or stuff like that? What, what would be the advice that you would give somebody looking to get into the industry today? Yeah, I mean, just first off, um, I would just say that there is an opportunity to become a fantasy expert. I mean, like you said, when I first started my journey, I had no idea this was even possible. So um, while, while, you know, it might seem difficult to get into now because everybody wants to just know that there, there is the possibility. So if you do um, have the passion for it and work hard enough, um, you know, you can get into this industry and there isn't really any one right or wrong way to get into it. Um, you know, I know a lot of people think that if they just make, you know, a complete automated model, that's how you get in. And that's not necessarily true. I think every, everybody can bring their own unique um, perspective, ideas, process um, to the industry. So actually, uh, you know, if you can come up with your own unique way to get in um, and that, that could be defined by you, whether that is um, you're a really good writer, let's say. Um, then focus on that. Um, just find the niche area that you think you have the skills um, to provide value for this industry. Because, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, the Fancy Pros platform is great because it kind of forces us all to get better. But just right. kind, kind of look for an area that you think the fancy industry is lacking and um, try to fill that hole because um, we all want to get better. We all like, you know, I follow everybody on Twitter. We learn from each other. Um, so br bring a voice that's unique to you that you can add something beneficial to the industry and you can you can definitely make a career of this. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. I want to ask you one question uh, specifically about, um, you know, creating a, a predictive model and everything like that, because I'll be honest, I don't know if it was you, um, but it, somebody, I can't remember who recommended reading it, but it was a book I read and it kind of changed the way I sort of thought about you know, uh, analytical sort of thinking, um, super forecasting. Yeah, right? is that is that right? By um, Philip Tetlock, Tetlock, yeah, and Dan uh, Garner, I think. Right, yeah. You, yeah. I don't know if that was you or somebody. It, I saw somewhere recommend that book, and that to me, by the way, is just and I'm, I'm sounds like you agree, but it, that's a book where if you are interested in sort of you know modeling and just the statistical you know analytics really with regard to anything but certainly in this that's a book that i'd recommend everybody read is that is that something that you yeah that you read that, i'm pretty sure that was me i, I get okay. um you know random people uh even just a few weeks ago saying thank you for recommending that book yeah. I, I try to recommend it as much as possible because when i read it i mean a lot of this stuff it's almost like oh my god that's that's basically how I do things Correct. in a, in a broader sense. And it's like, if I had read this before starting this journey, it would have been like a shortcut. So yeah, it, yeah. it's, it's hard to explain exactly, you know, how I arrive at what I arrive at, but reading it, you can kind of get a sense at um, people that um, forecast accurately kind of approach things. It's, it's just a really good book and breaking it down 
um, in a more broad sense. So I would highly recommend it. Um, and it, it's great that you were to check it out and it, it made an impact because I think just reading it, you know, it's 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 eye opening, really. No, it was. And I never really had done anything like that. I was barely even getting started in the industry whatsoever. It was just something where, you know, I, I followed a bunch of, you know, frankly, people who did very well in the Fantasy Bros accuracy competition back when I was just a player. And I was always, you know, I probably did way more than any other player did. But that was recommended. I honestly could not remember if it was you or something like that. Mm -hmm. But again, super forecasting, The I think it's the art and science of prediction. Um, it's it's completely changed sort of the way I thought about it. And it's just it's it's really something that that sounds scary when you think about it. But a lot of it is so intuitive and everything like that. And yeah. again, it, it this is not a it's not a predicting sports book. It, it's just the way of sort of, you know, uh, forecasting and, and thinking probabilistically. You know what I mean? So I'm glad yeah. that, that that seemed to be you. Thank you for that recommendation. It certainly uh, it certainly changed the way I looked at everything. But I would um, say 99% chance that was me. I hope it was me. <laughs> I, I want as many people... To, to read that book as possible. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll give you credit then for my career, but, you know, Fancy Bros will take credit for your career. And then we're, <laughs> we're even pretty much. I, I think that'll be fine. Sounds good to me. Um, all right, let's move on here to the final segment. Uh, that's just, I call it the blitz. I just ask you 10 questions. You know one of them and you've already gotten it right. Um, it's just 10 questions, small, silly things about yourself. Uh, and again, I'm the final arbiter, if you're correct. So, you know, if, if your first pick and your first ever fantasy draft was Cordell Stewart, and that's what you said, I could have deemed it incorrect just because I'm I'm sort of, you know, I'm I'm like a dictator yeah. at this point, but I'm going to deem it correct. So that will be question I mean, number one. It's embarrassing. So I could have lied and said like Emmett Smith or something. But yeah, you know but you see, so. it's real, Sean. It's real. <laughs> it's People real. are getting to know the real thing. you. Yeah. But to be fair, you were like 11. So it really doesn't matter what you did. Um, all right. So, I, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll introduce it. Obviously, we're, we're going to get started with the Blitz. Number one, Sean, who was the first pick in your first ever fantasy football draft? Your official answer is... I, I regret this, but Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart is the correct answer. Uh, we will mark that correct. Have you just tried to change Emmett Smith right there? I would have gotten a little mad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, number two, if you were given one year to train, what do you think your maximum field goal range would be? I've actually tried something similar to this. I would say, oh, man, it would be low 40s. 40? 41 yards. Wow, 41, 41 yards. That's I've, I've great. made a 35 yarder uh, before. Really? Um, and that was like in my prime. So I, I would say full year of training, 41. I won't give myself more than that. I like it. I like the sort of, you know, kind of modesty right there. I'll give that, I'll mark that as a correct answer. I'd probably top out at like 28, but I'm not <laughs> an athletic. Wait, is human. this using a T or somebody holding it? Uh, will it make a difference in your number? Uh, actually, uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. So then why are you asking random? See, this is the type of thing. Look because at all I the things that, that Sean thinks about in his modeling, right? He's I, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This might not I, even make a difference, but I have to I have to ask the question. For, for me, it wouldn't. But for you, I would set the, the number a bit higher. If you get a year and you're using a T, I would, I would bet the over 28. I'm yeah, but fall, fall, all right. I like it. But false modesty is kind of my thing, Sean. That's <laughs> okay, kind of how okay. I roll. Um, all right. <laughs> I'm actually really secretly a professional field goal kicker. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, what is your favorite sport for either DFS or prop betting and why? Uh, just NFL because um, it, it's just, you know, the, the most money goes into it. There's higher limits. Um, you, you know, that's that's where people follow me the most. So I would say NFL. Uh, NBA is a close second, though. NBA is really, really, really close. I really, really enjoy prop betting on NBA because yeah. I, I think I, I mean, I think that's actually where I'm more successful. 
of everything else um, that I've done. I mean, I'm pretty successful with NFL because I'm, I'm happy with the way I project players. But NBA, I, I feel like that's my favorite. It's also crazy just to watch an NBA game and, and see things going. And I, I really like, you know, if I have an over on rebounds or something like that and somebody has one rebound, you know, at the half or something. And then just the flurry of getting, you know, four yeah. rebounds or something right out of the gate in the third quarter is always kind of invigorating. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love the NBA. All right, but I will mark it correct as the NFL because you okay. are obviously one of, <laughs> if not the most accurate uh, NFL projector. Uh, number four, uh, if you absolutely had to stay awake for 72 hours, let's say you had some sort of medical test that required you to stay awake for 72 hours straight without falling asleep, what would you try to do to not fall asleep? Um, I would blast my favorite band, the Swans, the whole entire time. Nonstop for 72 hours. Nonstop for 72 hours. That would do the trick. Yep. Okay. Simple, direct. I like it. I'm going to mark it correct. Well done. I was thinking play tennis. I, I don't know why I was thinking of a completely oh. random sport that I would force I, yeah, myself maybe, to be through. Maybe playing Call of Duty would have been like a uh, better yeah. way. But, Call of Duty. Um, well, you could have projected. You know, your your model, obviously, for Call of Duty is right. But I'll mark it correct. Good job. Right. Okay. You work with two really sharp guys. Uh, I mean, more than that. But two really sharp guys over at the Action Network, uh, Matthew Friedman and Chris Raybon. If the three of you had a hot dog eating contest and you had a week to train, who would win and why? Who I'm going to go with. Uh, uh, is there a money prize of this? Okay, yeah. We're going to put a significant money prize on this. So it's everybody's got full motivation. Oh, man. Uh, well, out of curiosity, that I, makes a difference as to who's going to win. Friedman would want me to say him. So I'm going to say Friedman. Okay, but I would I would really try to be him. I, I'm saying Raybon's the underdog here. I don't think Raybon could do it. I really? Think... <laughs> yeah. Raybon always strikes me as the wild card. You know, you never. Yeah, know what you're well, get he, he is competitive. It would be a really good contest. We should we should do this. But I yeah, think... you might as well. But out of curiosity, and I'm just wondering, would the fact that there is or is not a monetary prize change your answer as to yes. who's going to win? I think if there was no monetary um, prize, Freeman would not prepare at all. <laughs> <laughs> He would say this is stupid. I, I wouldn't blame him. I probably wouldn't either. Uh, right. Raybon would definitely play for pride. Yeah. Um, he's good like that. So I think Raybon would win that. I, I think Freeman and I, yeah, it's a tough call. We, we might have to do this. Um, yeah. I right, just, just credit me for the credit me for the idea. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I'm, I'm definitely giving this is definitely a correct answer. Okay. Because you basically sort of parsed it out so perfectly. Like it really depends I, on whether or not there's a monetary prize. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Freeman, but I would try my best to beat him. And I, honestly, Raybon would too. I just think Freeman would have an angle that, that we don't think of or something. Okay, I love it. Market correct. Well done. All right, you're 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 perfect so far. This is rare. Um, Okay, you, uh, as we've talked about, are so ridiculously successful in projecting. Um, But name me something that you're like truly bad at. Like if there's a situation where the world is going to end if we don't do this pretty basic thing correctly, like for me, if it was like the world's going to end if we don't figure out a way to hang this picture straight, like do not call Dan Harris because I've never once been able to do it where it's just straight, looks good, everything's perfect. Is there like a basic thing where whatever it is you are just terrible at, don't call Sean Corner to save the world? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, there, there's there's many to choose from. I'm not trying to act like there isn't. <laughs> I love it. Um, Go modest. Oh man, yeah. I I would say like uh, what Sam? What's the answer to this? My wife's listening. Oh yeah, bring in your wife for sure. Get get the honest what, answer. Uh, what what's one thing that you would never ask me to do? Something I'm really bad at. 
hurry up because <laughs> you want it. I'll give her some time and come back to it if you want. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll give her some time. All, All right. right, she's got she's got like five minutes, so she can think of okay. something. But the fact that you're invoking her already gives me great great uh, confidence <laughs> that you're going to be right on this. Exactly, I'm trying uh, to make it as honest as possible. So, all right, if you me. had a time machine, then number we'll go number seven. No, no correct or incorrect yet on number six. Number seven, if you had a time machine and you could go to any day, past or future, any time you want, and you don't have to name a specific day, whatever, where would you go? Oh man. That's right. Uh, I, these are deep, Sean. You got the easy ones with sort of the the hot dog eating contest, but now I'm I'm having you. Well, if, there, deep. if there's a way I can go back and communicate yes. with myself, yes, yes. Oh, okay. I would just go back to uh, just 2008 and then tell um, current Sean all the um, you know just all the sporting events that are gonna like all the final scores. You know the the sports almanac kind of thing from Back to the Future. Yes, yeah, great sports almanac. Myself, of course. Yeah, I would just tell myself all the results for the next you know few decades. I don't uh, know, man. I mean, it resulted in some crazy timelines in Back to the Future too with Gray Sports Almanac. I don't know. Uh, I really want to be messing with that. You know, you got. I see. I would. I would. I would go ahead and invoke Back to the Future, but I would go back to like November fourth, nineteen fifty-five, the day before Doc Brown. Hits his oh. head and discovers the flux capacitor. So I could be like, "Sorry, dude, already figured out time travel. You got nothing <laughs> going on." Um, 2008 is that when you were 21? Though I don't want to. Yeah, that's, so that would be about the time. Or I'm trying to think when I could legally bet. So. That's what I'm saying. You've got to maximize right your time exactly. So I can't go back all the way, but basically when I could start betting um, to know every single result, that would be awesome. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. I mean, I'm. A, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. That, that's a correct answer. Just because I, you know, the amount of thought you give to these questions, I love it. Um, completely. All right. Um, number eight. What's your like guilty pleasure food? Let's say you've been like working out all week. Like, what's like the one food that you're like, yeah, this is what I would really crave right now. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Taco Bell. Um, Taco Bell. Yeah. If there's a guilty pleasure, I would say Taco Bell. I, I have a lot of guilty pleasures when it comes to food, but. Uh, when I'm feeling bad, I just, just go straight to Taco Bell. All right. I've got no issue with that. I'll mark it correct. Uh, <laughs> if you were coming in for a boxing match or UFC or a wrestling match, what song are you listening? I mean, I, I think you kind of gave it away a little bit earlier, but oh. what song are you listening to get yourself pumped or your walk-in music? Oh, well, anything, um, from the Swans, yep. uh, uh, I would probably listen to, uh, Screenshot by the Swans. Uh, okay. That, that would be a good one. For That's me good enough. I'll give it correct. Uh, all right. What one sports team or or what athlete would you most want to see in your life? So you're purely a fan here. Or, or for whatever reason, would you most want to see uh, win a championship? Uh, the Los Angeles Angels, for sure. They're my favorite team of all uh, leagues. Oh, all right. I love it. Out of curiosity, bonus question. Would you bet against them if they made the World Series to sort of hedge your bets? Like I, when the Mets, I'm a huge Mets fan. I'm from Queens. When they made the World Series back in 2000, back in 2015, I thought about dropping like the most amount of, if you were like, what would you pay to see the Mets win the World Series? I thought about dropping them against them. Just could be like, great. If I lose, I'm fine. And it's a nice consolation prize. Would you bet against them to sort of hedge your bets or you're just all in? Whenever I make a bet, it's because I think there's a perceived edge. So if I think there's a perceived edge, I would bet against them. Okay. But I would still root for them. But I, I, I try to separate the two uh, as much as possible. But w when they actually did make the, the World Series, I was not betting either way. Um, it was just enjoyable just to watch the games and root for them. Yeah, well, my son, you should know, just turned uh, seven. 
and nice. he's a huge baseball fan. And one of his presents, I, I think he's kind of a front runner a little bit, um, even though I try to raise him correctly, is a Mike Trout bobblehead doll with him oh. sliding in. He loves Mike Trout because nice, I, nice. I teach him about baseball history and he has like oh. 10 great players, a book about that and Trout's in it. So now he's obsessed with Trout. So literally yesterday was his birthday and I, one of the things we got him was a Mike Trout bobblehead doll of him sliding in. It's his favorite thing. All right, we're going to return now. This is the final. I'll mark that correct. We're going into your final sort of uh, question. What's Has your wife come up with anything? One thing oh, that you're, you're secretly yeah. terrible Sam, at. Sam, have you come up with anything? Yeah. Picking out my own clothes. There we go. I'll be honest. Uh, it comes from your wife, so it was automatically correct. So <laughs> exactly. we're gonna we're gonna give that a sweep. Nobody has ever gotten more than eight, but uh, your answers are great. I'm not surprised. You're the most accurate expert. Uh, so you you got all ten of them right. Well done. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you, Sean. I mean, your your journey is is great. Uh, you know, you you're so. I I really I I do want to harp on on one thing very quickly. The 14th and 13th. I, I, I'm sure anybody who says anything to you on it in Twitter is joking. It's a ridiculous finish. It is ridiculously hard to do well at well at all in these accuracy accuracy competitions. So, I mean, the fact that you finished first three years in a row is, is really absurd. I hope everybody understands just how insane this run is and can appreciate it. It's like, you know, it's like watching a non-steroid, bon, you know, a Bonds in his prime without, I, I'm sure you're not using steroids, <laughs> but that's really what it is. Um, but before we go, Sean, just remind everybody where they can find more of you and your great work. So you can find all my work on uh, actionnetwork.com uh, and in our free app. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. Awesome. Well, good luck again this year uh, in the accuracy competition. I'm, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll try to win the top swap myself, but if not, uh, I hope uh, you're able to come back on time. Thank you. And likewise, and again, thanks to Fancy Pros for just giving this platform for the Fancy Football community. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Before we go, I want to remind everybody about our Devonta Adams helmet giveaway. Remember, you can be entered into our contest just by leaving an honest review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send the screenshot of that review to Game Changers at FantasyPros.com. We will be back next week with another episode. I'll talk to you then.